0: God in week, and uh, we black people. <laughs> well, in recent days, you received a letter, or read a Facebook post, that shared the news of our upcoming retirement. So today, in keeping with the spirit of that letter, I have felt like to make the whole pastoral letter to my church family. i am going to share that with uh, This has been a wonderful experience for Nancy and myself and Pauline and this journey we've been on together. We've known that this was coming for quite a while. It's why we did what we did at Christmas. It's why our kids came to sing with us on Christmas Eve. Um, we has been part of this journey. And so today, it gets real. Dear Davidson Free Methodist Nation, I will be retiring from the pastoral ministry at Davidson Free Methodist Church on June 30, of 2019, completing 40 years in the pastor. Nancy and I made this decision together with the firm conviction that June of this year is exactly the right time for us to step out of my role as the pastor. This has not been an easy decision for us for many reasons, including the fact that we both love the exceptional people of this church. We're very thankful that the Lord led us into this strong and vibrant community of faith as the final congregation of our five pastoral appointments. And it all just got very real. Things we've known in our hearts for some time, and spoken about quietly with family members and colleagues, is now reality. My words to you today are the same as the Apostle Paul gave to the church he loved so deeply in Philippians chapter 1. I thank my God every time I remember you, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Between now and June 30, Nancy and I and Pauline hope to have many opportunities to personally express our love and appreciation to each of you. At this point, we are afraid that our remaining years will be used wisely and lived passionately for Christ. And we pray the same for you. We also pray in the words of the Apostle Paul from uh, others of his letters. Ephesians is a great example of grace and peace to you, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. To my dear friends and family in Christ, this is the time to fix our eyes on Jesus. Before we put our focus anywhere else, before we talk about what comes next, Let us remember that it is Christ who is our source. Our source of grace and peace. God's grace. God's grace has reached out to us and welcomed us home. We who were once dead in our sins are now alive in Christ. We who lived in a far country have come home. Only to realize that our Heavenly Father has come running to meet us. In grace... He throws his arms around us. Gives us a fatherly kiss. Forgives us. Covers us. Cleanses us. claims us. hook who is that. God's grace. And when we know and experience the grace of God, he brings us into an understanding, surpassing experience of peace. Shalom. Wholeness. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ and peace with one another as brothers and sisters. Unshakable, indescribable, inexhaustible peace, grace, and peace to you. To you who have been part of this spiritual family since long before Nancy and I arrived five and a half years ago, to you who remember the good old days who worshipped in one of the earlier buildings before this one was built or rebuilt, to you who may have gathered here on the fateful night of that devastating fire in 1979 (laughs) and with holy determination decided to rebuild, and led by Floyd Ecker and Ken Lawrence, along with Paul Walton, and others who served on the trustee board at that time, you did exactly that. You watched God raise this building from the ashes, become once more a dynamic force for good and for God right here. To you who began attending under the ministry of one of my esteemed predecessors, Ross Wilder and Warren Sikes, Brian Sheen, Don Riggs, one of my ministry heroes, Bill Acton, Brad Button, and Richard Snyder, to you who contributed to and participated in The tremendous renovation and expansion of this facility after the funding was made possible through the perfectly timed, spirit-led sale of the Bernard's property. To all of us who now enjoy the beauty and the functionality of this ministry space week after week, to the young and the old, to the hunters among us who can't grill it if we didn't kill it, to the right and the left, to the fans of the Honolulu blue and silver, if there are any, (laughs) or fans of the green and white or the maize and blue or the red and white winged wheel, to everyone who navigated the last challenging pastoral transition from a tall New Yorker to a chubby Canadian and And the Lord Jesus Christ. Today I'm especially thankful to the Lord for the 40-year ministry pathway he had led Nancy and me on together, 34 years of which took place before we got here. It began in the western Canadian city of Esteban, Saskatchewan, where we cut our ministry teeth and started our family together. It was in Esteban that I learned to share my faith one-on-one and led dozens of seekers into a new life with Jesus Christ. That was great. Next came 12 and a half years at Lakeview Church in the thriving university city of Saskatoon where the Lord birthed in us a new vision to build a church to reach the unchurched. that led to an adventure in, cha- in change. Thank God that because he was in it We not only survived, but we thrived. I'm also thankful the Lord brought us to Michigan. From the mid-90s to the early 2000s, we served almost exactly 100 miles south of here on the border of Toledo, Ohio, where God built his church called Crossroads Community. We, We relocated, we rebuilt, and we doubled in size. It became the largest religious congregation in the United States at that time. What a Then we went west to Spokane, Washington. For the next five and a half years, serving in that beautiful city near Nancy's hometown, gave us more time to reconnect with her family. And it was there the Lord showed us how to serve our city by demonstrating His love in practical ways and connecting with community then I'm thankful for the next stop, beautiful downtown Davidson, Michigan. It was in this special place that God took all of the lessons He had taught us in our first 34 years of ministry and combined them with your passion to follow Christ so that together we could reach this city and beyond with the life-changing grace and peace of Jesus. Over these past 68 months together, Jesus has kept his 2,000-year-old promise to build his church so that the gates of hell do not fail against him. I love being part of a prevailing church, don't you? A God-honoring church. That is, Bible teaching, good news preaching, disciple making, kingdom expanding, compassion extending, darkness overcoming, light giving, Christ exalting, a community of faith with Christ at the center. I love being part of a church where we are convinced that everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible because of Jesus. And I'm convinced that God loves it, but we act like we believe that. So today's letter to you is filled not only with praise to Christ, but thanks to you. From my heart and the Father's. How did our text say it? I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. We done it together. From the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, the Lord, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So special thanks. Thanks to everyone who ever cut the brass or shoveled the cycle. Who held a baby on your lap or taught toddlers, kindergartners, and elementary kids about Jesus. Who hosted groups of teenagers in your home, led them on retreats, or road trips, or just hung out. Who prepared and served the tasty and nourishing food and drink that made our gatherings that much more enjoyable. For those who made coffee in the kitchen, pour overs at mojos, baked or bought cookies for Celtic Sunday, cooked up bacon and eggs for the guys on Saturday morning, grilled burgers and hot dogs on multiple occasions, and those who even let me win the chili cook-off last year. <laughs> if you served on our hello team, trustee team, Kitchen team, leadership board, saying on our worship team, or on our sound media or tech team, or any other ministry team, thank you. To everyone who showed up to a community, community service project that took longer than expected, don't they always? And less achy and tired, but came back the next time, ready and willing to do it all again. To those who led, organized, taught, and participated in small groups, Bible studies, and classes from the Alpha course of American Peace. And perhaps, most importantly, to everyone who served in one of a hundred other ways that weren't on that list, because you weren't noticed or properly appreciated by me or anyone else who should have said thanks, but didn't, God knows. He thanks you. And so on. Soon, someone else of God's own choosing will occupy the handsomely furnished pale blue executive office on the south side of this building with the title, Lead Pastor on the north. Though I've been honored to serve as Lead Pastor for this past ministry season, This is not now, nor has it ever been, my church. Jesus teaches us that it has always been and always will be His church. He said it, or it was said of Him in Colossians chapter 1, Christ was before all things. All things are held together by Him. Christ is the head of the church, which is His body. He is the beginning of all things. He is the first to be raised from the dead. He is to have first place in everything. Christ is the beginning. Christ is the glue that holds us together. Christ is the head. Christ is our source. Christ is first in everything. So he is the chief shepherd of Davison Free Methodist Church, and the job I have is under which is really good news, because the chief shepherd isn't going to retire, now is he? He's not going anywhere. Today, I remind you that whenever a pastor leaves, moves on, or retires, the church's leader stays which means that both for your future as a church and for our future in retirement, we can trust God. God's got this. Now, truth be told, on a very human level, I kind of hope you'll miss me. I know for a fact you'll miss Nancy. (laughs) And my Ago, that love multiplies and never divides. You don't have to choose between loving me and the next guy or gal who will this church. You can love us both. How cool is that? My dear children, I am here today to remind you that God has the next right pastor for this congregation already in love. I am absolutely confident that God will guide our local leadership team and our partnership with the leaders of the East Michigan Conference to discover God's ideal candidate for the job I now hold. Next Sunday, our friend, Superintendent Brad Button, will be here to explain how pastoral transitions happen in our tradition. He'll carefully walk us through our next steps, and he'll share a powerful message from God's word, designed to clarify our vision and calm our nerves. Sadly, I've seen some churches descend into unhealthy, unbiblical, and unchristian chaos in moments like this. Spiritually immature people, stooped to personal campaigning and political maneuvering, in a misguided attempt to ensure that the person they think should become the next pastor gets elected. Don't go there. Refuse to grumble and complain, even if this whole transition thing takes longer or is more complicated than you would hope. Decide right now we're going to trust God. Whenever you feel the approach of doubt or fear, stop talking negatively and start praying positively. I have a word for this church today from God. Stay calm. Trust God. Pray much. Got it? Stay calm. Trust God. Pray much. As we move into this season of transition, one of the best ways to build our faith for the future God has for us is to remember the amazing things He's done together in our recent past. Psalm 105 says, Look for the Lord in His strength. Look for His face all the time. Remember the great and powerful works He has done. Keep in mind what He has decided and told us. God has been, is now, and forever will be our rock and our Redeemer. So remember with me. Remember how He led us to explore historic Christian teachings that strengthened our faith through our study of the Lord's prayer, the seven deadly sins, The Apostles' Creed. Remember how God met us in the study of entire New Testament books like Philippians, Ephesians, and recently Hebrews. Remember how God even worked through those VBS summertime lessons from the Old Testament. Characters like David and Job, Esther and Rahab, Daniel and Jonah, and even Mephibosheth. Good old Mephibosheth. Remember how God moved and met us in those soul-stirring Ash Wednesday services when we headed home with humbled hearts and ash-marked foreheads, remembering anew that life is short, but God is good. Remember how He met us outside on the lawn when we worshipped there and shared lunch together outdoors you know I think God likes meeting us outside after all he created it didn't he remember when God met us in those countless personal moments that happened outside this space he breathed on us as we prayed together in your office visited around your family table held hands in a prayer circle in the living room or had fun partying in the backyard, or when we shared a soulish conversation over a long lunch at a local eatery. God ah, was with us. He was with us in the hard times, battles with cancer, struggles with infertility, worries over wayward teens, stressing over aging parents. Grieving over the loss of those we love, God's grace and peace found us, and we found Him, even in the midst of the mess and the pain. That's our Jesus. Remember Him. Remember how He lived. Oh, He touched the untouchable and loved the unlovable. How he wept over his dead friend and forgave a hateful mob with his dying breath and invited skeptics to touch his wounds. This is our Jesus. Isn't he amazing? Doesn't his courage and character take a breath away? And this same Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us. He has been with us in the past. He will be with us in all our tomorrows. And the really good news for us is we're not done doing this together. We have at least four more ones. So I'm pretty sure Jesus is going to keep showing up. Aren't you? He's going to show up again on Ash Wednesday. In just a few weeks, and on Celtic Sunday, which just happens to fall exactly on St. Patrick's Day. Yay. And he will be with us in our upcoming music series from Celtic to Country to Classic Rock and who knows what else. And he will be with us on Easter Sunday, 2019, because this year Easter falls late on the calendar, nowhere near spring break. This is the perfect day to bring a guest to hear and respond to the good news of God. For our church to be responsible for starting a whole bunch more parties in heaven. Let's do it together. Jesus will be with us in late May when we do our next Serve Our City event. Getting our hands dirty. Finding needs and meetings. Finding a person. Healing them, demonstrating in practical ways that Jesus loves this place. One cup of cold water, one simple act of kindness, one caring word of at a time. We didn't make it up. Jesus taught us this. Matthew 5. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. When we demonstrate God's love in practical ways to our community, we point people to our Father. And I am reminded that the county we live in, and the city we live next to, have become national and international symbols Of urban decay and defeat, we're watching the world, the most god-forsaken city in America, is Flint, Michigan. And here we are next door. Many, if not most, have become convinced that given the poverty, despair, and deep need in our neighboring community, there's no hope left for Flint. But I'm convinced that God put us here right here to prove the doomsayers and the naysayers wrong. Our God brings hope. And as long as DFM Nation lives here, Genesee County and Flint, Michigan has not been, is now, and never will be God forsaken. If I have more time, I can remind you in greater detail the many. God has done and is doing through our partnerships around the world, helping the homeless in Haiti, encouraging a dynamic church amid the urban decay of Santiago, Dominican Republic, resourcing a network of underground churches doing amazing things in mainland China, ministering to the socially outcast people of the indigenous tribes of Taiwan, feeding, resourcing, and witnessing to thousands of Middle Eastern refugees through Hashtag Church in Amman Jordan and its courageous pastor, Pastor Robbie. Wow. What a mystery resume for a mid-sized church in Middle Michigan to be making a difference in the world. Jesus Christ is building his church. And the gates of hell and not stand against it. God is up to something good. And we, we few, we happy few, we band of brothers and sisters who have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, who are experiencing new life, abundant life, more and better life than we have ever dreamed of, we will keep on, keeping on, serving Jesus. We will rejoice That He has gathered us into this one new, forever family. This is who we are: sinners saved by grace, beggars who have found a source of bread, and enthusiastically keep on showing other beggars where we found it. All of this that God has done in His doing through us should inspire us to know, without question, that in Him our best days are just ahead. God is leading us upward and onward in the future, upward toward Him, onward toward our mission. This great company of Christ followers called Davidson Free Methodist Church is an awesome thing. We are a holy congregation, not some secular corporation. We are much more than a human institution, the void of external life. No, we are Christ's church. Davison Free Methodist Church. Together we are blessed to participate in this one particular local expression of God's love. Together spirit enlighten, heaven sent an unstoppable force for good and for God. This is who we are. And So my final word to you today is God is not finished with any of us yet. You've heard me say it before. If you're not dead, you're not done. I guess we're not done. By the time the end of June rolls around, I intend to have left it all on the playing field To say everything that's in my heart to say. To leave with even greater boldness and serve with deeper humility. And with your help and by God's grace, I am determined to finish well. By the help of Almighty God, I also purpose to embrace even the sweet sorrow of our heart. When Jesus at the center. So let me ask you, will you help? Will you bring your friends? Give your money. Stay involved. Serve the Lord. Stick together. Love the lost, run to win, stay the course. I must admit this retirement thing is completely unique. I've never retired. (laughs) But like marriage, I think if you do it right, once is enough. Which reminds me of the incredible gift both to me and to this church that the Lord has given us in Nancy. She is a breath of fresh air. She brightens up every room she enters. She energizes every team she's on. She is both inspiring and indefatigable. A godly, energizing buddy. And I honor her. I honor her partnership in my life and ministry today and for these past 40 years. For 40 years, when they speak about us, they say, the Nancy, names. Did not really have my name. Jumping the first. As for what comes next, we're not exactly sure. But I'm pretty sure it will be good. I know for certain that the timing of our retirement at the beginning of June is exactly right. No question about it. Not a doubt in my mind, no second thoughts. Our next chapter, as a family for Nancy and Pauline and me, will likely lead us to Michigan's west side, somewhere to be near our children and grandchildren. And it seems most likely that there will be some new kind of ministry as as yet undiscovered awaiting us. The fact that we don't know exactly what it is, kind of makes it better. For 40 plus years, I've been telling folks, trust God. Follow Jesus. It's a great adventure. Sacrifice for Christians is normal. Audacious obedience is just what we do. We dare hold it. We push out freely. We dive in deeply. We trust God completely. <laughs> I guess it's my turn. And so I'd like us to sing a song about faith. We already sang it today. We're going to sing a little bit of it again. It's that reminder about God's love that never runs out. What a ride this has been. Not only for six years, but for 40. <laughs> Lives changed, sins forgiven, marriages healed, families reconciled, wedding ceremonies, funerals officiated. Babies dedicated, new believers baptized, addictions broken, sorrows shared, heartaches endured, disappointments weathered, victories celebrated, eternities transformed. Yea, God. Forty Advents, forty Christmases, forty Easter's celebrated with joy. Forty incredible years of spiritual adventure, and there's still a little left. So if you see me around some Sunday in late May or early June, don't be surprised. Don't say what I'm sure somebody will. Are you still here? (laughs) I thought you retired a couple months ago. (laughs) Well, I am here, and I did retire. And I am so thrilled to remind you today, our leader isn't going anywhere. His love never fails. It never runs out. It never gives up on us. So in a moment, we will join together. As I stand here before you today and close this letter of love, I am satisfied beyond measure. I am happy to the deepest part of my being. I am anticipating with joy whatever God has next, upward and onward. Upward, upward by God's grace.